0: This is what happens if with Daniel Lanyan on Joy. All right. Hey, you're on What Happens If on Joy ninety four point nine, and tonight we're asking the question: What happens if the world ends? So, please welcome um, film critic and freelance journalist Stephen A. Russell a pleasure to be here, guys. This Thanks is for coming. Definitely,
1: end of the world is one of my favourite topics. You know, I feel, I feel like every time we open the news and we read about what Trump's up to, I'm like, I'm not sure we have time to worry about climate change <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. he might just, you know, speed <laughs> the game just, up yeah. quite considerably. Yeah, yeah,
2: we've got the perfect catalyst for the world yeah. ending right uh, in front of us. It
0: feels pretty apocalyptic right yeah. now. Well, when I when I pitched this idea to you about um, your top three apocalyptic films, you yes. really jumped at the idea of it and actually most people I've spoken to including you Yarn, this yep. was one of your things that you wanted to bring to the show Absolutely. Um, because you love apocalyptic um, films what is it
2: about them? Uh, I think making audiences face <laughs> that reality yep. or that risk yep. or the potential for it and facing it truthfully is is a great exercise for people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a I think it's a wonderful premise Yeah.
0: Well, Absolutely, and mm-hmm. I mean,
2: I feel like you know
1: the also the the idea that we are our own worst enemy, and you yeah. know, I mean, I I really love dystopian fiction, and this just takes it to the next step. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is literally, and that's when I, when I when I was choosing the three that we won't spoil quite yet. Yes, I was really keen that this was the like literally the end of the game. I didn't I didn't want yeah. to do post-apocalyptic and you know Mad no. Max style stuff. I was like, nope, this time the planet has to buy it. I want every single one of us <laughs> to die.
2: I don't I want Bruce Willis just hitching a ride on yeah. a comet no saving like, all good or... up
1: here
0: not interested so no zombies yep. nothing just everyone dead nothing. gone okay. literally
1: gone. either <laughs> either all humans die or perhaps even the planet is destroyed <laughs> okay. yeah
0: all right, so completely wiped off the planet. Yep, we're yep. gone. This is this is literally the end. All right, so give us number one. Give us number one of your top three a apocalyptic films ever. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, no,
2: is this number one as in your favorite? Oh yeah, or is we're this or is this number three? three? Are we? How oh, are we doing this gosh, list? Gosh, that's really or difficult.
1: That just the first Look, one? Th- th- this is um, my. This is the most beautiful end okay, right, of the it. world. We'll, we'll it. call it that. Okay, okay, great. And so for number one, I'm going to go with Danish writer, writer director Lars Von Trier. Mm and
0: we're alone life is only on earth
2: and not for long
0: let's let that sit for a bit Yes. Yeah. Mm. I feel like that's
2: kind of you today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, beautiful. So talk us through it.
1: Wow. This is the 2011 End of the World film that is basically the antithesis of your normal end of the world film. Mm. So it stars Kirsten Dunst as Justine who is an advertising exec pretty much fed up with her life. And as as the film opens, it is her uh, wedding day. And you'd, you'd think someone that was marrying Alexander Skarsgård would be quite happy about this. Yeah, but, I'd be jumping at the things. Uh, no, she is stuck in a, in a bit of an ennui. And what I love about this film is that it's, you know, instead of the, the you know, huge news that the, the planet's about to be destroyed and tanks in the streets and mass evacuations... Mm-hmm. It's almost as if you know. I mean, it's. I mean, it's very much a symbolic end of the world as well. So they, they're aware there's another star in the sky, but as this wedding, which is an absolute disaster, right, unfolds, people aren't. They're not really aware that this is also the the end times. That what what is actually happening is melancholia is an enormous planet that is heading our direction. Now, all of the boffins think that it's going to do some... It's either going to miss us or slingshot around us. Okay. So I think that sort of partly explains the, the, the lack of mass panic. Mm. But uh. it's also definitely working on more than one level. So Justine is clearly going through a bit of mental ill health and her depression is sort of symbolised by this, you know, rather unsubtly mm. named massive blue blue planet as well that's mm. that's on its way oh, wow. but what I, what I love about it is that it also upends the whole you know, you, you have to work through the film to, to see the end of the world because what what Lars von Trier does in a very very slow paced melancholic film is literally open with the end of the world. So mm-hmm. so Justine has this vision, like a prophetic Cassandra style vision of you know birds falling out of the sky of electricity, um, wow. like uh, charging her body. Yeah, it's very beautiful. All set to Wag- Wagner's uh, Tristan and Isolde. Mm. And then it literally goes to the big CG that probably you know like was fifty five percent plus of the budget. Right. Where, where <laughs> yeah. you literally see you know it's not a, it's not a spoiler within the first this first sort of twelve yeah. minute
2: epic. Yeah.
1: Epic. You 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 literally see Earth get
0: wiped out, but as this planet smashes into it, and it's mm. absolutely thrilling. Right so you understand really right is. from the get go that it's something something's bad is happening.
2: You do. Yeah. 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 yeah mm-hmm. Absolutely. I. I, I I was so excited when Dan mentioned that perhaps this was going to be one of your three. Yeah. Because I think it's I think it's brilliant. It's, I, it's a masterpiece. It's, uh, when I, and probably the image that stuck with me for a long time is that image of Dunst's character in the wedding dress pulling herself against the wind with the soil attached to her dress. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just incredible. I mean, it's like that dream that I think we've all had, where we're trying to run really fast. Yep but you can't run as fast as you want to run. Oh, my God, I hate this. Uh, I feel like my life. You know, and it's, anxi- it's anxiety, right? It's mm-hmm. panic. Absolutely, it's a, and, you know, she's, uh,
1: she's also underwater and reads. Like, it's all yeah. of these visual mm-hmm. imagery of someone who's struggling with, with um, you know, things that are getting them down. Yeah. And, my God, some of the performances. I mean, like, the, her mother is played by Charlotte Rampling, who literally comes on just for the wedding part. Eats this scenery, destroys everyone in her. Pa- like she is literally a human version of the apocalypse, yeah. and then she just she's disappears. Yeah, and yeah, she just le- yeah. once 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 they realise that things are actually pretty bad, she just she just leaves them to their own devices. And it's- yeah. So really, it's Kirsten Dunst with um, Charlotte Gansburg. Uh-huh. Uh, as her sister and oh. um, her her kid, okay. and so it, what it then becomes is this really quiet film about three people, two sisters, and trying to make the most of of their their final you know hours alive, and 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 to settle the kid so that he doesn't really know what's going on, mm-hmm. and they do this gorgeous little. Kind of game where they, they build a, a sort of tent out of sticks, and, and the final shot is this kind of white out as mm. as,
2: as melancholy. It becomes this hits. beautiful, like, bonding experience, mm. which is, like you say, is just complete antithesis of what you would see in, an I, I think, a typical Hollywood storyline for the end of the world. Yeah. You know, where it is the, the, the hero saving the world. So it's not the end of the world, it's actually saving the world, you know. That's uh, wonderful. It's wonderful. Beautiful. Great pick. So that's the first one, that's melancholia. Yeah,
1: loved it. And and then I thought we'd we'd bring we'd bring the end of the world a little bit closer to home. Okay. Um, one of my absolute favorite Australian films of, of recent years is writer director Zach Hilditch's These Final Hours.
2: Is there anybody out there? It happened location of impact the North Atlantic as I speak to you right now it's making its way towards our fair nation we have 12 hours people
1: mm. now this was criminally it's you know it's one of those tragic stories of an incredible Australian film that you know very few people go to see in the box office unfortunately
0: ah, why does that always happen It's not, always, oh, it not always, happen, always but it does yeah, it, it happens far yeah, too, too often, often. yeah mm.
1: And what, what it is, again, it's a very sort of similar idea. Um, it is set in Perth and it is it's sort of like you know that you know the zombie movie um to, just to go back to zombies 28 yep. days later and that yep. incredible shot of central london mm-hmm. and you know a, a abandoned and you, you spend half the film figuring out how it was actually possible for <laughs> yeah, them to do right, that yeah. on their budget <laughs> well this is a similar idea except in perth so <laughs> i actually oh. ended up interviewing zach helditch and asking him you know how you pulled it off and he's like it's perf We just shot on Sunday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a yeah. really gorgeous moment. Yeah, yeah. because that Perth place after five PM, place is deserted. And look, you, you do it, it, at the start, it does have that kind of that trope of you know hearing the the the, the radio broadcast, and you see what appears to be a burning meteorite. Um, It's not made absolutely explicit that that's what happens, but essentially it looks like a a meteor has hit the planet somewhere in the northern hemisphere. So, what we've got is these final hours as that massive, you know, destruction path of fire and fury from the crater heads our way. Mm. And what you've got is Nathan Phillips from Wolf Creek plays James, who's a total party boy. And he is at home with his beautiful girlfriend, Zoe, played by Jessica Gow. And he basically has a bit of a flip out. So instead of spending that, you know, those final hours with her in and, and quality, loving embrace, he decides not nah, actually what I'm going to do is head off to Daniel, Hel- Daniel Henshaw's apocalyptic apocalypse party, drop a few pingers. Get off my face, <laughs> and probably sleep with loads of random strangers. Okay, so that, yeah. that's, that's, his, right. that's his. That seems you know, fair. Which, in fairness, as life choices go, <laughs> yeah. I am not putting any moral judgment yeah. on that one. It, was it, it wasn't, was it, it of the wasn't Kirsten Dunst's choice, but yeah. Uh... yeah, exactly. But you know, it's it's an option of all yeah. of all the you know the columns you can go for. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but lo and behold, as he sets off for this crazy party, which let me tell you, I, um, I adore. Australian actor, Sarah Snook. And oh, yeah, she's cool. She, between her and Daniel Henshaw, they they sort of steal the show in, in, in this party that, to end all parties. So It's quite manic. Mm. But what happens is that, you know, James is on his way thinking, right, I'm just going to go wild. And his, his better side can't help but try and um, step in when he finds a lost girl played by Anguri Rice. And... He's very reluctant at first, but she—he he can't leave her to. She's being attacked, and he rescues her. And she wants to find her dad, and she's like, "All right, I suppose I can, you know, get you to your family before I drop a few pingers and drink lots of beer." And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so that that sort of the premise is that he gets waylaid, and of course, as he you know, tries to help her find family, he begins to realise he has to make amends with his estranged estranged mum. You know, he's got to maybe think whether he really should have left his girlfriend to die on her own at the beach. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a really beautiful film that manages to explore... The, the multifaceted parts of our soul, you know, the good and the bad, and and how, when you've got a very limited <laughs> time frame to to, yeah,
2: yeah, to yeah.
0: sort of yeah, what would you do, I guess. What, yeah. What do yeah. you do? What yeah. what yeah, do also,
2: you do? Yeah, and also what it does along with melancholy, I think, is it mm. is it internalizes that yep. problem, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's saying if the world is coming to the end, this is about no one else but you, you know. <laughs> but what that that for me is really important, right? Because it, it, it's because it's it's so easy to say. Um, Okay, there's a there's a there's a there's a global crisis and everyone's panicking and we need someone to save us. The other the other way to go is to go inside and go. What are you actually feeling? What do you what, what are the what what does the human brain do with that situation? And I think that's that's what those two films do really well.
1: Absolutely. And look, I'm I'm not am not saying that you know big blockbusters like Armageddon don't up their place and you know Bruce Willis saving us with a drill on the moon or whatever. The, <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. the air happens. But, you know, for me personally, the more interesting stuff at the end of the world is is that internal
0: exploration, as you say. You really have to wrestle with what what you do, with what you've got left. Well, look, we need to take a break. Uh, This is What Happens If I Enjoy 94.9. We're talking apocalyptic films with Stephen Russell. Stephen A. Russell. Steve. Steve. (laughs) Uh, We're going to come back after the break, and he's going to give us his third and final pick. You're on Joy.
2: Joy!
0: Hey, this is What Happens If on Joy 94.9. Tonight we're asking the question, what happens if the world ends? And Stephen A. Russell, uh, film critic and freelance journalist, is just about to give us his third and final pick yep. for top apocalyptic films. Give it to us. Well, I thought
1: I'd go, you know, seeing as we're we're here in Melbourne, I thought we'd, we'd go Australian again. Because actually... You better, of- you've
0: already had an Australian
1: one. So this is cool. I oh, you know. Yeah. This hmm. is, we're, we're, apparently we like a yeah, down here. <laughs> Who knew? A little bit like that. A bit self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this is actually an, a, a classic uh, black and white movie shot here in Melbourne that brought some of the leading lights of Hollywood to Franga, would you believe? Oh my goodness. We, we, this is On the Beach by Stanley Kramer the 1959 film adapted from the Neville Shute novel. And literally it brought Gregory Peck, Eva Gardner, and Psycho's Anthony Perkins down here. Vira Oh, you're not
0: going you're
2: Just across the bay. But the fuel depot. Uh, the men wanted to try to get home. I can't explain. Then I suppose that when the time has come to say it's been nice to wipe Lionel. It's been everything. Oh, Dwight, I'm so
0: frightened. <laughs> I
2: know. I'm so sorry for so many things. I love
1: you, Nora. I love you. Sort of a, a very similar idea of that, you know, What what's happened is World War Three has played out, and the Northern Hemisphere has been absolutely destroyed by nuclear fallout. It's left a little vague as to whether it was a kind of Cold War collapse or whether it was some kind of horrendous accident, but what what happens is that a whole bunch of American soldiers, led by Gregory Peck, jump in a nuclear submarine and hightail it down to Australia. And the idea being that perhaps there's a chance that the the, the poisonous nuclear clouds won't make it down here or they'll dissipate quickly you they're, know they're you hoping
2: mean? for a strong northerly yeah basically <laughs> yeah.
1: you know it's, it's one of those times where you're like Melbourne will be right. Yeah, she'll be, be right. right. we've <laughs> <so far laughs> seen the globe it's forever yeah. away and I, I feel like as we're sort of in the you know the, I've, I've already stated my you know belief that this should be uh, uh, <laughs> ah yeah, so yeah. let's the, the final shot of the film is literally again a deserted Melbourne just about parliament with a a great big salva- salvation army sign, which I think says something like, "You know, it's not too late to save the world," and clearly it is. Everybody Aww. is dead. <laughs> Everybody dies. <laughs> Nobody gets out of yeah. this one alive. <laughs> and it's amazing. There's there's all this. Real, it's really fatalistic. Like it's actually considering the the, the the era. I mean, it's... yeah, 1959, right? I know it's it's hardcore. I mean, there's there's a scene where the Australian government is handing out you know suicide pills. It's it's quite full oh, on. My we're talking,
2: and we're talking about post World War II. I know, people were freaked
1: out, you know? Well, sort of, but it's also like like nuclear, you know, (laughs) Russia and America kind of bashing, you know, tales. Sounds familiar. Uh, (laughs) I know, exactly. What could that be like? But yeah, look, it's amazing. There's even a scene in there where they have this sort of really... Um, you know end of the world grand prix where people are just going hell for leather and it's sort of actually a bit max because people are dying and you know what, what, what does it matter if you've you've got no time
0: left well i like the idea of just like um being at a milk bar in frankston and turn around there's gregory peck exactly What what's That's pretty not cute to love
1: about this yeah. and, and look it does also vaguely remind me of stanley kubrick's um dr strange love or how I stopped worrying and learned to love the bomb, which mm-hmm. you know is a very similar uh, theme. You know, it's Russia and America uh, at you know the 11th hour, and Jeff yeah, literally finishes with all the nukes dropping and yeah. the world being obliterated. So yeah, there's there's if if you're into the the end of humanity, there's there's <laughs> yeah. plenty of and classics isn't. out yeah. there.
2: <laughs> and we're not talking about a fake end of humanity. We mean the real one, where you have yes. no chance at all. Yeah.
0: It's oh, absolutely. done finished. That's the rock cannot save us. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, just quickly, if there was one apocalypse that you had to choose, what would you choose? Say? Oh, like how? Yeah. How, how yeah, would yeah, I like one. it to go down? Yeah.
1: Look, I I do like that idea of worlds colliding. I think that's fantastic. Bring on bring on melancholy. I want to get
0: smooshed. And just to, so you would just be able to see the other planet and you yep. to sort of do your own little countdown. Just
1: completely yeah. filling, you know, your horizon as as you sit there waiting waiting for Oblivion.
2: Because if if anything, it'd be good to watch.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the ultimate
0: floor show, isn't it?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Planet to the face. Absolutely.
0: Well, Steve, it's been so great having you on Amazing. What Happens If. Um, run us to again. Melancholia.
1: Melancholia, these final hours, on the beach, and a sneaky bit of love for.